you're back in the flow the instant you think of your dreams. And just daydreaming does count. Not as powerful as dedicated, pretend I'm already there visualizing, but just dwelling on wondering on how and maybe, and oh, wouldn't that be cool? That's so powerful. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. I took a little time off yesterday to be with friends. Thanks so much for your indulgence. Today, what I'm going to do is something I did once before. I'm going to do a lightning round of q and I'm going to try to make this like popcorn. I'm going to try to answer as many questions as you as I can. Uh, great questions have been lined up for today. Thank you so much. It, Mike, is spending just a few quiet minutes a day manifesting in your mind, creative visualization, is that enough to create change? There are folks among us who have transformed their life, live in financial abundance, loved and adored, who never visualize, who never sit down for quiet time, who never do any of that stuff. But knowing what you and I know, that our thoughts unfailingly become the things and events of our lives, that we are divine gladiators here to thrive, that's our default setting. Knowing that if you do sit down and you do create a picture in your mind, it creates a mold for the elements of time and space to rush and fill, then who wouldn't do it? But give yourself some slack here. You don't have to do it every single day. You don't have to do it at all. I take the weekends off. If you forget to do it for a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of decades, you're back in the flow the instant you think of your dreams. And just daydreaming does count. Not as powerful as dedicated, pretend I'm already there visualizing, but just dwelling on wondering on how and maybe and oh wouldn't that be cool that's so powerful as some of these other answers to some of the subsequent questions will illustrate second question is it possible to manifest things to happen with regard to physical ailments and conditions i guess the question is about healing oh hell to the yes as my dear sister would say what are physical ailments and conditions but manifestations to begin with. So can you manifest or unmanifest what you've already created? Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I shared just last week, a quote from my believe, I'm not sure uh, who it is, Ken Carey, um, disease, disease is not what creates pain. Pain creates disease. So when you've got crossed wires in your mind, when there's something you're misunderstanding about life's beauty, your power, and you want it, but you doubt it, and you believe, but you um, think that you're not worthy, that creates a pain, an, an emotional, spiritual kind of pain that shows up as a physical ailment. Relieve the pain, straighten out your lines of communication, self-communication, 
and the disease goes away. This is the story of spontaneous healing. Read the book Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. It's absolutely fantastic. Tumors. Um, she was she was on death door uh, in the book Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani, riddled with cancer. And suddenly, well, I'll let you read the book, but there's untold countless stories about spontaneous healing. And it's always a healing that begins in the mind and you can do it. Stuff like cancer or challenges or back pain or whatever do not show up unless you have the ability to rise above. Okay. Life is not fair. The cards are stacked in your favor. So absolutely you can bring about health. Absolutely you can bring about healing. Do a little self-reflection. Think and wonder, what am I not seeing about finances, about love, about fulfillment, about career, about family, about self? Do some self-reflecting and then dream, dream, go out and live those dreams and you will untangle those crossed wires. Question three, I think, how do I stay strong in the face of opposition when there are contradicting, contradicting and unwanted events manifesting around me? How do I stay positive and act? Get this, okay, you might feel disadvantaged when wacky crap starts happening contrary to your dream. But there's no dream anyone's ever had that didn't arise due to opposition. If none other than lack, they don't have it, they want it. Dreams don't arise for stuff you already have, stuff you've already done. Dreams arise because there's an awareness made possible through wondering about how else life could be. Oh man, it would be different if I had more money. It'd be different if I love myself more. It would be different if I didn't have this swollen leg. Uh, wondering about how things can be better, more fun, juicier, is what gives rise to dreams. And it's because of the lack, aka the opposition. So, so many people will tell me, how do I visualize money when I'm in debt? How do I visualize pain-free living when I'm in agony? How do I how do I manifest the opposite of what I have when the whole world is showing me that it's not mine? It's not mine. It's like, that's the way every dream comes to pass. It's normal that it's not yours. This is not something that's going to stop you. Let me go back to my standard core teaching. You do not live in a neutral universe. You live in an adoring, loving, powerful universe with guides and angels that are reaching out to you 24-7 because they knew you were going into the jungles of time and space because you wouldn't have come here alone without them. And so you've got this team, you've got this love, you've got this support system. You are the greater of all that you create. You are capable of going and dealing with the fact that it's not there. And it doesn't matter that you're reminded 24-7 by your physical senses that it's a no-go so far. It's been a no-go your entire life. As I've shared in countless other stories of mine, just a little bit of visualization in the face of total waking hour fear, that little bit of visualization, that those inner senses, seeing your dream as if it's already come to pass, can overcome 18 hours of physically worrying about what's going on around you because you do not live in a neutral universe. You live in a non-neutral universe where every little oomph you give it of positivity will offset 10,000 
oomphs of negativity. Okay, at least 10,000 times is the power of your positive thoughts over your negative thoughts. It's more likely a hundred or a million times greater. So don't worry that you worry. Don't worry that things look like they're stacked up against you. Don't worry that there's opposition everywhere. That's where every dream comes true. And look at this, this storybook world, this fairy tale land that we live in on planet Earth where dreams come true like every day. And they have for you too. Your whole life is proof of what I've been sharing. So whatever you're dealing with right now, you totally got this. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry that it's showing up in your face as the opposite. Create that time in your mind. And even in my crises moments in life, when I created that time in my mind and I saw the end result as I wanted, it was still infested with negativity and doubt. I prevailed and you will too. Uh, Mike, how do we tap into wishes we don't even know we have? I have never had big wishes, but I want to. Let me give you some news here. Every dream other than happiness is a cursed how to happiness. Anything and everything you want. The real reason you want money. The real reason you want Romeo. The real reason you want health and healing. The real reason you want pain-free living is happiness. And you know I talk a lot about the cursed hows, meaning don't worry about how your dream will come true. Because you limit the corridor, you, lim you tie the hands of uh, the infinite, the infinite universe who could otherwise reach you better quicker. When you're messing with a how my dream is going to come true, you close off other possibilities. So don't mess with the hows. But here's the big irony. Every dream, every dream other than happiness is all about how to get to happiness, which means every dream is a cursed how. Yet, if you let them be broad enough, uh, wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, health and healing, then you're not limiting the universe to such a degree it can't reach you. Then the door's wide open for even better than you knew to ask for. So for the person who says, I don't even have big wishes, I think you're blessed. Because there is one thing I know that you want, and that is happiness. And there's no dream bigger than happiness. And stating it like that leaves the door wide open for the universe to blow your mind with surprises and avenues for serendipities that you could never have thought of with your big dreams. Now, you can have priority. Happiness is the driver, but you have priorities in finances and health or relationships and career. You can have your priorities anywhere and you can wish. And, and even though they are cursed house, you can still go there as long as they're broad brush. But focus mostly on happiness because it's why you chose this lifetime. And it's here in great abundance. It's your birthright, okay? And you can be happy today for all the reasons you already have without having to manifest anything else. So start practicing happiness now. Uh, Mike, I find when I wish for wonderful things like a new kitchen, new car, uh, my mind immediately races for horrible ways these changes might come about. Oh my gosh. Because I fear of what I don't want my fear of what I don't want is stronger than my excitement for what I do want. Okay, this person went on in their example to say, um, oh no, this is a similar question. So, all right, Mike, to summarize the last one, my fear of what might happen on the way to my dream coming true, my fear of how it might come true is greater than my desire for it to come true. And then the second person uh, asked a very similar question. My mother always said, Mike, 
Uh, be careful of what you wish for uh, because you just might get it. You might get what you want, but not in the way you want. And then she went on to say that a cousin wanted $100,000 and manifested $100,000 through a lawsuit stemming from a horrible car accident from which she was permanently disfigured. And so now this person says, how do we ask for something and not have a fear that the way it will come to pass um, will be not worth the price of it? So here we go. Uh, again, you got to understand we live in a non-neutral universe. And the idea here almost is that desires are uh, somehow less than spiritual. Like you ought to be happy with what you've got. Aren't you happy? Can't you just be grateful and shut up? You are the eyes and the ears of the divine. You're God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. It's your prerogative and your purpose of being here is to expand. Do you know how you expand? Do you know how God becomes more? Through desire. There's nothing unholy about desire. You need to have your desires. Feel your desires. They will take you to places God has never been. And only by honoring your desires will you ever be able to see their realization. And you can simultaneously be happy with who you are and what you have while wondering what else is out there in terms of the adventure. What else is out there in terms of abundance? What else is out there in terms of freedom? This is your prerogative. It is why you're here. And don't think, well, the universe heard $100,000, so you got it. And the quickest way was a car accident and a lawsuit. The universe is not neutral. Now do you get it? The un you say $100,000 or a rocking relationship with a new travel partner. The universe is like, what's the coolest, best, happiest, safest, most wonderful, beautiful way that I can make this dream come true? It's not going to be like, well, here comes a, a, a drunk driver. I think I got your solution. Really? You do not live in a neutral universe. Look at the abundance and the joy and the love that's everywhere. If we lived in a neutral universe, there'd be equal amounts of love and hate. And while sometimes those haters are pretty damn loud, they don't come close in numbers to the billions of people who love life and love their family and cherish every minute of their adventure. So don't be thinking that desire is bad. It's how God becomes more. It's how God grows. Don't think it's selfish. Uh, there's nothing selfish about you shining your light brighter. And don't think that your gains need to come at other people's expense. That's for a, a person or a worldview that, that looks at reality with their physical senses alone. You know better. Your thoughts become things. And you having more does not come at the expense of anyone else. You having more actually lightens their load and shows a new pathway you brighten their darkened path. So I hope I cleared that up. Oh my gosh, let me see here. Let me see if I can do uh, one more. Mike, I know thoughts become things and I also believe it's important to stay up to date on current events, especially in today's world. I receive a daily email with headline news, unbiased, then no more for the day. How do I stay in a high vibe state and manifest what I want in my life and read the news? What am I missing? I know the feeling. I, 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 digest the news every day uh, online and CNN and uh, BBC and the, whatever, the Google news feed. If, okay, let's not talk about news sources. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, while the news sensationalizes every bad thing and blows it way out of proportion, 
it's uh, helpful to be aware and fascinating to be aware of schools of thoughts and trends. And you can do both. You can live in your bubble and be aware of how your bubble is kind of floating through the world and realize while there is chaos out there, this is the time that you and I signed up for. This is what we wanted. Uh, the wild, wild west, Friday moving into the weekend, as I said last week, you know, with the anticipation for this new world order, fourth and fifth dimension living, higher vibrations. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so much more precious to us having come through the murk and the mire that we're now coming through and being aware of the murk and mire, unless you just let it bum you out emotionally, is perfectly fine. Live your dreams, follow your heart, wonder yourself, knock on doors, show up, get out in the world, love and be loved, and watch the news uh, if you can handle it, if you don't let it drag you down. And there's no reason it should drag you down when you look at the beauty and the harmony in nature, in your own heart, in the hearts of other people, and you see what a magnificent place uh, time and space and planet Earth are. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up and let's go into karma. Something I touch on very, very frequently, but it's been a, over a year, almost two, since I just spoke exclusively to karma. And it's one of those things through which we give our power away because there's misunderstanding. You need not give your power away. Mike, being an Indian Hindu by birth, we've been told since as a child that we come to this earth many times and we carry our karma with us. So some are born rich and some poor, some healthy and some with permanent disabilities. We are told that we have to pay for our actions no matter from whichever lifetime it may be from. So some have an advantage and some don't. So some people have an easy and beautiful life and others don't. So how do we then negate the bad karma we have created in some other lifetime and manifest what we desire. <clears throat> I got to say, in my view, uh, and I think I'm certainly not alone here, this kind of take, this kind of view of karma um, is extremely debilitating um, and strips anyone of their power because whenever something doesn't work out, it's like, oh, it's karma. And you uh, abdicate your power and ability to change things. Get this. Karma. Sure enough, we see it all the time. What goes around comes around. Okay. It's everywhere. Yet, it's a phenomenon. It is a phenomenon, not an absolute law. Okay. We see it, but there are exceptions. It is not absolute. And if you go a step further, and this is what kind of blew it up for me and brought in crystal clear clarity and gives me total traction. Okay. If you understand that life must be made up of a few absolute laws, a few absolutes, I call them the truths of being, the truth, get these and they'll set you free. We're all one. There's only love. It's all working out for the best. We're eternal beings. We're of the divine. Thoughts become things. Now, those could be said in several different ways. There's a little bit of redundancy in them. There's only love. We're all one. It's all God. That's really one thing. Okay, so take those six and now we've got four, right? Or three. So 
There are very, very few absolutes, but yet there must be some inviolate absolutes to make this whole game work, this big adventure. There has to be something to hang your hat on beside my bald head, okay? So one of those absolutes is that we are creators. We are divine. And we know we create through our focus. Thoughts become things, law of attraction, believe and ye shall receive. This is absolute. There, it doesn't matter what your angels think. It doesn't matter what God Almighty thinks because you are God Almighty and you came here carrying the baton. Your thoughts will become the things and events of your life. There's no other way. You wouldn't come here if somebody else's thoughts could pull out the rug from under you or if you'd be limited from some crazy thing you did in a past lifetime. Where's the fairness in that? Oh my God. You know, this time, oh man, you know, you blew it last lifetime, so we're going to come and get you. Crazy. Here's what I'm getting at. If you get that there are absolutes and you understand that one of them is you are a creator. I didn't just say you're a part-time creator. Okay. And you're not just a co-creator when it comes to your joy. You are a creator. You get that, right? Well, if karma was an absolute, if it was okay, you sowed those seeds, you have to have it, then no one could ever say, believe and ye shall receive. No one could ever say you can count or use the law of attraction and that thoughts become things without the added caveat of, as long as you don't have bad karma. Believe and ye shall receive as long as you don't have bad karma. Your thoughts will become things, whatever your heart desires, unless you have bad karma. There's no flipping caveat. You're a gladiator of eternity. You don't have to tiptoe through the tulips and wonder what penance you might have to pay because in a past lifetime you were Gertrude, the high priestess pirate on the seas, and now you, you've got to have a sucky life because of something Gertrude did? That's crazy. And what is, what is karma as classically understood in the description given here? But judgment scoring. God is much bigger. Divine intelligence is much bigger than being so juvenile, so childish to pass judgment. That's good. That's bad. You're rewarded. You're going to be punished. It's all, it would be all so crazy subjective. It doesn't work like that. You're a divine creator. You create on the fly and you create what your vibration is. No judgment, no scoring. If you don't like what's going on in your circle, and you find yourself looping, looping, looping. It's because your thoughts aren't changing, changing, changing. No matter what's going on around you, you're behaving the same way. You're thinking the same way. You're believing the same way. And if you believe you live in a dog-eat-dog -dog world where you better, you know, you better get before you're getting. You better grab yours before somebody grabs yours. Uh, then all of a sudden, you're going to live in that world. And you're going to be like, you know, survival of the fittest. And sometimes violence is warranted. And I've got to do some self-defense here. Well, you're going to create other people who believe like that. You're going to attract them into your life. And so you're going to be knocking each other around, trying to not be taken advantage of, you know, using violence and self-defense. There's always going to be somebody who says, well, this is self-defense. And they're going to be, they're going to have a legitimate angle on that. And so you have this karmic loop. Okay, and it doesn't matter what the score is. You end one lifetime at this vibration of dog-eat-dog dog, survival of the fittest. That's what your next incarnation is going to be. And you're going to be in that world of your thoughts becoming things until you clue in and say, that's bogus. How come other people don't have that same circle? How come other people are enjoying 
love? And how come other people have more violence? Because they have a different program playing in their head. They have different beliefs. And until you and me realize that we are creating 24-7 on the fly, we're going to keep creating it and perpetuating the lies that we believed in, that God is angry and people are jerks. And this continues until, until you think new thoughts. Then you're off the wheel. And it doesn't matter what the score is. You could be a dastardly pirate for 2,000 lifetimes and an absolute angel for 20 lifetimes. As soon as you think at a new level and you realize there's grace, there's love, there's second, third, and infinite new chances for rehabilitation. As soon as you forgive yourself, no matter what you've done, no matter what the score is, the entire game changes. And now, whatever you're radiating, acceptance, allowance, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, that's your new world order. And it doesn't matter that the score was 2,000 to 20. It doesn't matter if the score was 2,000 to zero. It doesn't matter if you've always been an axe murderer. In the moment you raise your vibration, you change everything. So karma is so real as a phenomenon. And we very rarely see people change quickly, nor do we see them change profoundly. It's usually little incremental, incremental, incremental stuff. If you want, you can go boom. You can go right through the roof. You can go straight to love, straight to forgiveness, straight to beauty. I challenge myself every day. And you can challenge yourself just, just to, to love it all and to see the magic and to not be judgmental, not be critical of yourself and not other people as well. And then the world will be less judgmental and critical of you and you'll be off that wheel. So yes, it was rooted in our attempt to understand the nature of reality, rightly so, as are all spiritual and perhaps most cultural explanations of reality. It's human beings, spiritual and divine as we are, doing our best with our physical senses to connect the dot, realize we're not alone, realize there's greater intelligence, realize there's purpose and order even when we don't see it. And so somebody stumbled onto the idea of karma, noticing that what you think about, you bring about. That's the real karma. Thoughts become things. That's the real karma. But you can change your thinking. And so you change the karmic wheel that you're on. You couldn't be more powerful. You absolutely have no limits to you, no matter what other people think. It doesn't make any sense that there'd be scoring or judgment by whose standards. Now, if you come into this lifetime missing some digits, uh, or you don't have your vision, or you, you're, um, a, a, um, you know, a paraplegic or something like that happens. You know, there could be some kind of vibrational experience from another life. And in fact, there always is a vibrational experience from other incarnations that leads you to choices when you set the stage for this lifetime. And in that sense, somebody being born into poverty, somebody being born uh, as a... Uh, and put up for adoption. Somebody, somebody being born without legs. You know, all of this would have purpose and order at a soul level, which doesn't mean you don't have power here, but at a soul level, it is what you most wanted for your development. Maybe you thought you had to pay penance or penalties. Maybe at a soul level, you 
saw this as a way for you to grow and understand things in empathy that you didn't allow yourself to experience in other ways. And so every lifetime is chosen by the participant, however rubbish that may sound to you. And it could fairly be said that it was circumstances that in other incarnations that led people to make a certain choice for the probabilities that this new lifetime would create. So yeah, you're not going to change the fact that you don't have legs or that you were born into poverty, but you can change everything else from that point forward. And because you chose at some high level of your awareness for this lifetime to be as it is, not set in stone, being born into poverty doesn't mean you're destined to be in poverty. Oh no, 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 no. You can change it and maybe that was the reason you were born with a lack of guidance, with, a, with no parents, so that you could rise above while understanding the conditions and plights of other people and still live the life of your dreams. Legs or no legs, however crazy that sounds, we chose and you chose for a reason. So the best thing to do is to look at conditions of birth that are otherwise unchangeable <clears throat> and see what those... Uh, limitations, if you will, uh, and gifts is a better word, make possible this lifetime that wouldn't have been possible uh, had the affliction not been chosen. You don't have to totally understand it. You don't have to just love your life right now. Love that you've got what you've got. Uh, enjoy the compassion, the emotion, the ability to serve other people. Make the best of what you've got do not feel limited apart from uh, circumstances of birth. Uh, but almost all of those, except physically speaking, can be changed. You can live in abundance. You can be a bright light. You can be of service. Um, but something is being achieved. There is an objective based on prior lifetimes, not because of karma, not because you had to, but because from the zenith of your magnificence, you said, this is going to work perfectly for my growth, development, and glory. So please don't misunderstand karma. It is not an absolute law. It is a phenomenon. You have total license to love and enjoy the rest of your life. A little self-reflection, seeing what you've not yet seen before will get you off that wheel um, and into orbit unimaginable. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions you ask on Facebook and or Instagram. Special shout out to my Infinite Possibility members. Your questions come first. All right, Mike, um, I'm working in a dog shelter and I have a dream, a really big wish, to build a prototype of a new version of a dog shelter that is much closer to a forever home than what shelters normally look like. I have never done fundraising except for usual barn sales. Do you, I don't know what those are. Do you have some hints for me? I know you have experience with fundraising and I don't. Well, I might be hijacking this question to go uh, to a totally different place. Um, yeah, I have experience fundraising, but I have more experience making big dreams come true with little tiny baby steps. And this question reminds me of an individual I met at a VIP dinner in Brisbane, Australia, Oh my God, 15 or more years ago, this person began belting out songs at the dinner table. She was amazing. We all thought Aretha Franklin was with us, just 
total acapella, just her voice, out of this world. And we were almost in tears. It was so good. It just came from nowhere because we were talking about law of attraction and what our biggest, biggest dreams were. And her biggest dreams was to play in Madison Square Garden. And so immediately we're like, well, you must be a sensation here in Brisbane. Everybody must know who you are. Everybody must go to every little diner that you play in. And she goes, no, no, I'm, I'm waiting for the invitation to Madison Square Gardens. Just like I'm performing for you right now, Mike Dooley. And, and like now, I was unknown back then. Um, I'm going to get that invitation. I'm going to start at the top. And I could have burst into tears. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Oh my God. You're, you're thinking that the baby steps are beneath you. You're thinking that you're settling for less. You're putting your passion of singing and music on the back burner, waiting for some divine intervention. Sure. Divine intervention is real. Yours. Your divine intervention. You wave the wand of your life and you take action and you do stuff. I've never heard of or seen this person perform or not aware of whatever happened of her stunning potential for a career, um, rocking the hearts and souls of, of humanity. And I can think that in part, it's because the baby steps were daunting, overwhelming, nerve wracking. Hey, who needs to do that when there's a law of attraction and you can just, you know, teleport to the top of the pile. No, go down the little roads, recognize you have a passion and a gift for singing. And whether you're singing for your own shadow or Madison Square Gardens or 12 people in a coffee shop, go and sing, sing and be heard, sing and enjoy your life, sing and express this gift <clears throat> and the energy and the confidence and all that you need, the resources you need to finish your journey will be summoned so often. Uh, for even unrelated reasons to that, people don't start and engage. Uh, they feel like, well, I don't have the financing. I don't have the fundraising. I don't have the expertise. Um, and so they wait for all their ducks to line up. You may have heard me say this before. The ducks don't line up. They never line up. Okay. Mama duck goes and then the baby ducks chase. Okay. But if mama duck waits for the ducks to line up, they don't. If you're waiting for financing, confidence, a breakthrough, brilliance, beauty more than you already have, it's not coming. But when you start with an end result in mind, say Madison Square Garden or the like, by starting, you're out there in the world and you summon the resources that were not there when you started, but that are needed to finish the journey. Start and your ducks line up. Start and the confidence, the cash, the new ideas, the breakthroughs. If you're a writer, you know better than anyone that by starting to write, clarity starts to come. Suddenly you have an idea. If you just waited for the great storyline, it might never come. But you start writing your book and hey, if you're sitting on the fence waiting for your book, just start writing. Do the outline. Come up with title, subtitle. Come up with 50 variations. Clarity. You become a magnet for clarity. Taking baby steps is not beneath you. Remember, you want to be congruent with your big dream. Fundraising for this new prototype shelter. I love that idea, but this is what I would also do. As you knock on doors and learn about fundraising, I would start a tiny little shelter. 
Maybe it's you know, Mike's shelter or Michelle's shelter. And let it be in your own backyard or your own back patio. And then have two dogs, then have three dogs, and you give a forever home to all the dogs under the constraints that you're dealing with, even if it's one dog, your own dog. But go out and stretch and find somebody who will partner with you and get a new property uh, that has a greater space for the dogs to run outdoors. Look for somebody to donate some crates or some um, exercise equipment or some dog houses. Start, start, start now. Or team up with somebody who has a shelter who's open to modifying it. There's a million ways you can start really, really, really small. And that is not settling for less. By starting small and sending out free emails from Mike, and nobody knew who Mike was, I was then able to eventually have the idea 10 months later to write notes from the universe. By writing notes from the universe, uh, I was able to reach a far wider audience so that they ultimately ended up in the email box of Rhonda Byrne and her sister Glenda. Then they saw that I was peddling Infinite Possibilities audio programs that I had self-produced in my home wearing boxer shorts in the summer without air conditioning in Florida because I didn't want to run out of money. I'm writing an audio program about the art of living your dreams and Rhonda bought it. And then Rhonda decided that she was going to do a documentary on the law of attraction called The Secret, El Secreto. And because she was getting my emails and she and her sister loved the audio program, I was invited. It all started out sending free emails with a lot of timidity, self-loathing, um, perspiration, literally. Um, and it, was, it started out not as the life of my dreams, but it was starting out towards the life of my dreams. And then I became a magnet to things that could click and make that vision that I was holding in my head where I would be reaching millions of people come to pass. So start, start. What is it you want right now? Everyone watching right now, there's something you want. And there's some grand, glorious way that you're envisioning it. And you should be. Let it be big. Go to the end result. It's already happened. In the meantime, go out. Go out into the world. Press the flesh. Ask for help. Ask for assistance. Ask the universe. Ask your neighbor. Ask a, a partner. Do what you can with what you've got from where you are. Another note from the universe once said, if, and you don't have to, but if, you want the universe to do all she can with all she has from where she's at. Oh my God, talk about moving mountains. If, you don't have to, but if you want the universe to totally unleash on you, then you've got to unleash from where you are with what you have right here and now. If you want the universe to give all, you need to give all. You give all avalanche the floodgates begin to tremble. And it's not settling for less. And you can enjoy it. You can have this Cheshire grin on your face. I'm going to go out in the world, take these little baby steps that are almost embarrassing, and it's going to unleash endless amounts of magic into my life. Friends, abundance, clarity, joy. It's, it's not a secret anymore, okay? Thoughts become things, fellow adventurers. Thanks for the opportunity. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a Fry-Yay spiritual tune-up. And I love the question that just came in about journey into self. This is the journey that we're all on. 
Here we go. Mike, I have been blessed with abundance in many ways in my life, but I'm not happy. I realize now that my ultimate goal is to be happy being me, to love myself. What I seek now is not stuff. That will come naturally, and it will. But a relationship with myself which is deeply loving. It's like the old adage, you can't love another or anything else until you love yourself. Well, that's me. What would you do, Mike, if you were starting out on this journey of self-love? Oh my gosh, you are so far ahead of the curve. I would celebrate if I was you. Most folks have no idea about the nature of reality, why we're here, in form, in these sacred jungles of time and space. It's for the adventure of it. It's for the play. It's for having a desire that creates a journey that leads to lions and tigers and bears and ultimately the manifestation that you wanted. But manifestations alone aren't the whole ticket. And these journeys are actually all taking us inward. You are so far ahead of the game. I think, I think you deserve a standing ovation. And everyone listening right now, it's not by chance. Okay, you're here because you want to open your heart. You want to open your mind. You want answers. And so you deserve them. You will receive them. This intention alone is taking you more than towards the tipping point. You are now in a place where you can virtually coast by following the flow, following your heart, doing what you really want, appreciating the lions and tigers and bears, and moving forward. Every desire leads to a journey, leads to manifestations, leads to truth. Repeat. Desire, journey, manifestations, truth. Desire, journey, manifestations, truth. Now, you've gotten to such a point. The desire is one to fall in love with self and to find happiness. You couldn't have got here without going down the paths you've already gone down. And we all start out clueless by design. This is the greatest adventure in the mind of God. We're on the razor's edge of reality creation. And we didn't realize we were creating until now. Well, how could you better love yourself? How could you better create that manifestation than to already have an inkling of your power through the manifestation of abundance or family or joy? You've all manifested tons. You're watching this on the internet right now. You're amazing. You're a super intergalactic being of joy, well on your way, ahead of the masses. Um, I just had a conversation yesterday with a new uh, friend, Lisa Royal Holt. Lisa Royal Holt, Lisa, L-Y-S-S-A. She's the author of Prism of Lyra, one of the most profound books I've ever read about the origins of the jungles of time and space and our place in them. Uh, spoiler alert, there's a lot of E.T. references in there, which are like, it's the most complete reference of E.T.'s I have ever experienced to the point where you're like, I get it now. And they're learning like we're learning. They're not going to come save us. They're dealing with their own stuff, but yet they're further along and able to lend a hand, which is what virtually all of them want to do. So cool. And I talked to her about, uh, and her channels. Uh, by the way, the book is Prism of Lyra. And uh, she's just written a new one, came out a couple of years ago, The Golden Lake. The Golden Lake, which is all about the journey to self. I was talking to Lisa about an upcoming course I'm going to be sharing with all of you uh, in the oh, probably a month or two in the future, which is so exciting. It's about mastery over the illusions. And I asked about you know, the epitome 
Like when we get there and we are integrated with our soul, self-realization, call it, call it what you will, enlightenment, although those words have connotations that often slip, fail, and are misunderstood. But truly, the spiritual journey. I said, you know, what about, you know, calming still waters? What about raising your vibration to ascend and then to return? What about uh, bilocation, shape-shifting, all these things? And the channel was like, yes, yes. These are all byproducts. This mastery over the physical universe. These are all byproducts. You get them automatically, like Richard Bach said in Illusions. When first, there is mastery of self. Whoa, and I'm so up for that, and I know you are too. We can figure ourselves out. It's often a challenging path. It's a path sometimes that's painful if we believe in the illusions, but it's illuminating and freeing when we realize we are so much more than the physical mortal that we thought we were. So mastery over the physical universe, performing miracles, more abundance, more adventure, uh, just you name it, spontaneous illumination, knowing infinite wisdom, being just led by your inner playful spiritual being so that you don't have to you know, ego it all out. Uh, and be led by intellect and micromanaging, that all comes when you master self. And part of mastering yourself is understanding your power, and part of understanding your power is following your desires to a point where you realize there's more, and you're at that point. Everyone watching this is at that point. You're ready to illuminate. You're ready to awaken within the dream of life, not to buzz off, but to be here in your full glory. So the question was, what would you do if you were starting out on this journey of self-love? I'd realize that nothing's been lost. It's not like you went down the wrong path, manifested a bunch of abundance, and it's like, oh, this is not what I wanted. Nothing of the physical world is going to be totally fulfilling until you bring the spiritual component in it and you see it all as a reflection of you. And when you master yourself and your vibration, you can master the elements. You can do absolutely anything. Life becomes a utter joy. You live in ecstasy. Some say bliss. I think that's not enough. Total ecstasy awaits you. As, oh boy, this sounds crazy. Biblical quote, uh, as Jesus said to his disciples as they approached these Pharisees that were going bonkers because the Savior has arrived. And the Pharisees were saying, where his disciples were saying, rebuke them, master, rebuke them. They're, they're, they're behaving in a ridiculous way. They're, they're acting like children. And, and Jesus said, I'm not a Bible toter if you're, if you're new to me. Nothing wrong with being a Bible toter, but that's not my uh, cup of tea. Jesus said to them, chill out. If you quieted them down, even the rocks beneath them and the mountains themselves would be screaming and bouncing for joy because they know the truth as you will know the truth because you've been following your heart. You're a divine being in the sacred jungles of time and space where all things are possible and this is what you learn when you follow your heart. And now your heart is leading you all the way back to self. And as you master self, okay, to answer your question, what should you do in this journey of self-love? Celebrate! celebrate, enjoy every step of the journey, self-care, self-respect, and as you said, self-love. And that's probably one of the most challenging things because we are so critical of ourselves. We know what our mistakes are. We know what our shortcomings are, but those are temporary, that you're aware of them. You're going to smash on through and bulldoze and find your glory, and you're going to be vibrating in ecstasy. 
to help you love yourself. Because, you know, it, it can be the challenge until you kind of get to that tipping point and it's inevitable. Love others because they are yourself. Love the journey. Love the desires. Love the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Love it all. But love on the outside and see the reflection of yourself on the outside. And as I shared in the notes from the universe um, newsletter just earlier this month, you know, my love for my daughter is just, you know, there's no words for it. And no matter what she does or doesn't do, I can just watch her walk through a room and my heart is just leaping out of my chest. My challenge to you, my challenge to myself, is to love yourself as much as you have ever loved anyone else. Or even if it's your fur babies, or even if it's French toast in the morning. Can you love yourself that much? Can you see past the, the little faux pas and uh, mistakes and, and things you did out of confusion? You were doing your best, your level best. You don't even need to ask for forgiveness because you were never judged to begin with. You're here doing your best. You're asking these great questions. Onwards, upwards, celebrate, enjoy, love life, love others, be of service. And that service is going to come around here and you're going to realize that you're one with them and every person you gave a, a leg up to, you gave to yourself. And you're going to fall so deeply in love with yourself as I'm going to so, fall so deeply in love with myself. And the byproducts, as Richard Bach said in the masterpiece Illusions, once you understand what this world is all about, which is understanding yourself, you automatically start getting miracles. I'm literally miracles. Like, like drop your jaw and go, OMG, that's a full-blown miracle. They become, excuse me, commonplace when you love yourself. And the journey, you're more than halfway there. So I salute you, questioner. I salute you, everybody who's watching. I salute the birds and the bees and the African tulip trees, you're on your way. Happy Friday. Yeah, it's on me, okay? Happy Friday. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.